You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. Also, make sure you catch the live NBA draft show. The draft will now be taking place in less than a week. NBA draft goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live. This year, covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Build Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. You can follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. We're giving you a podcast right off the heels of yesterday's episode because we did an after dark edition. We kept it clean though, so you can listen to that podcast with your kids if you want to. Nothing crazy going on after dark on this podcast. We are a family episode. Everyone once in a while, at least we'll release the after dark ones in the true sense of the form, but we're giving you one on the heels of yesterday because now we're actually going to give you one here in the morning. And in this episode, we'll be discussing NBA maths article releasing uh, basically different categories that every single player falls within the Charlotte Hornets. So Dan Favalli, Adam Frommel, both of those guys, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm playing injured today. So you guys might have to bear with me. Um, both of those guys, excellent at what they do for NBA math, putting some context and, uh, and and giving you some really interesting numbers on how each of these players do fit in some of these categories. End of bench pieces, depth pieces, high-end backups, low-end starters, solid starters, high-end starters, and so on. You get to the all-star candidates, all-NBA candidates, and so we're going to be talking about that today. Um, and not of these are your boys down yeah. there in NBA math, especially Dan Favalli, who I've mentioned a couple of times. Love talking NBA with that guy. He's yeah, no, Dan, Dan's dad and Adam are good people they felt very very bad for giving grant riller the math grade that they did <laughs> because of you you've had some no they no they, no they love grant. riller they're the ones again low-key oh, okay. they're the ones that talked me into riller um because i thought he was going to be a joe chili look-alike and play alike and we all know how much i love joe chili so the fact that like they talked me into <laughs> it and i'm not ashamed to say they talked me into it it just for right now it didn't work, but you know what? We'll talk about it because this has been this has been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we talked about this last year as well, and it's nice to see growth from a lot of the different Charlotte Hornets that are on this roster. So let's start at the bottom. We'll work towards the top. We'll probably discuss this for the next couple of segments, and then at the end we'll explain our tweets and discuss some other trending topics, not only just in the Charlotte Hornets world but also in just the sports world in general. So if you go to the should not get minutes in the end of uh, end of bench pieces, Nate Darling is last on this list. He comes in with a 1.17 mm-hmm. grade. And uh, just real quickly, I'll, I'll explain kind of the scoring here. So the question, the NBA math staff members, contributors, they rank each and every player in the association on a 1 to 12 scale seeing who emerged with the highest averages, the distance past the distant past was irrelevant. Long-term potential doesn't matter. Only the level at which we expected them to play right after the conclusion of last season, assuming health for those currently healthy and full recoveries from those present uh, from those presently injured. So long as they logged even a single minute during the regular season or the playoffs. And so they broke them down into each of these categories. 
So Nate Darling was the lowest ranked player. And then the end of the bench pieces, it goes Nick Richards is Mm -hmm. 16th on the roster. Vernon Carey is 15th on the roster. And Grant Riller is 14th on the roster. Very brief time we'll spend here. Nada, are there any of these players, as we just mentioned with Grant Riller, do you feel good about maybe some kind of contribution next season from any of those guys? Actually, two of the three. I feel good about Carey. Despite his limitations on defense, I feel good about him because he's got the touch around the rim. He's just got to be able to move his feet decently, decently on defense. All he's got to do is do that. If he does that, he's going to be a contributor next year. Grant Riller may be the reason we may not miss Malik Monk as much because Grant Riller is a shooter shooter, and he's he may be something similar to what Devont, like he may, he doesn't have the athleticism of Malik, but he also has a little bit more of the basketball IQ. Him and Devonte may vibe, may mesh really well together. I think those two can, like, if you're going to tell me who's the guy that can potentially be like the Devonte Graham, where he was a second round guy and he explodes on the scene, Grant Riller's the guy. I think Grant Riller's going to be really, really good in this league as a as a solid bench piece, and I just think he needed time. Injuries derailed it. COVID derailed him. I think he's going to have fun. He's going to be one of those guys when we talk about summer league, what are we going to look for? He's one of those guys. He's like, he's number one and number two in terms of the guys I want to watch during the summer league. Yeah. Yeah. Grant Riller was kind of an NBA draft darling. People really liked him. We're looking at him in the twenties in the first round and the Hornets took him very late, a local guy. And so that makes sense. I'm excited too. Like I, I just want to see what's happening. I'm not saying he's going to contribute next season, but I just kind of want to see if there is a possibility that, you know, he gets any minutes whatsoever. Um, which I think is still a far-fetched shot, but I, I like Grant Riller. I like his game, his ability to finish at the rim. He's pretty damn savvy, and so he, he, he was fun to watch in college, and I, I'm kind of excited to see at least if there's anything to take notice with him. I'm with you on Vernon Carey, too, Nada. I just think his offensive game, it's pretty damn polished. It's pretty, it's pretty nice, and I, I think that might give him more opportunities to be somebody that maybe James Brago can lean into. Now, defensively, it's he still has a ways to go for sure. And I know James Borrego wants somebody that can protect the rim. and can be good defensively down low, but I'm going to ask you something and it's going to be a little wild, but um, it's going to be real wild, I guess. But you like Alperin Sangoon, right? A lot of people. I think I know know, when he was dominant going with, I think I know the question that you're going with. (laughs) And you know what? I thought about it as I was talking, uh, I was talking about him. Yeah. Right. 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 (laughs) I I mean, look, Alperin. All right. The production it's, it's undeniable. Okay. I'm not here to hate on Sengun and what he did in the Turkish league. I mean, he was dominant and he put up, you know, fascinating numbers, especially at the age. But if we're going to talk about a somewhat undersized center who doesn't have the shooting touch, at least that what Vernon Carey has demonstrated in stretches. And I mean, he even hit a three, I believe against Brooklyn. I, I know he took a couple more. Um, you know, if we're going to discuss defensively having their limitations, offensively having good footwork and and having an ability to score pretty well, Carey's not near the passer Sangoon is. So Fair. we'll throw that out. That's a, a point way, way in the corner for Sangoon, and I get that. But my question being, do you want to take a Sangoon having Carey already on the roster 
Is there enough of a gap between the two for you to warrant an 11th overall selection? That's the question I'll pose out there. I'm probably going to get some hate mail for that, and I get it. There are plenty of people that know more about Sangoon than I do, but just from what I've watched, from what we know about Kerry, having a guy already into on this roster, I, I don't know. You feel me on that a tiny bit, though. Did you just, we got food at home, Alperine Sangoon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you did. You literally just we we're got not food. going to McDonald's, not we up. We we do. <laughs> right. Look, I Eddie Murphy out here. I'm I'm Eddie Murphy right now, okay? I'm telling you, we're gonna chop up the green peppers, we're gonna put it in the hamburger meat, and it's gonna be good enough. Okay. I know it's not the Big Mac that you want, but the cheeseburger is gonna be good enough, and that's what we're making at home. That's that's a great analogy. We've got food at home. All right. We spent way more time on the end of bench pieces than I thought we were. So maybe we just have this last three segments. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, but first, I'll just talk to you about bet online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I'm still laughing at food at home. Baseball season <laughs> is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We'll take a quick break. We'll see if we have some more food at home and to stop trying to go to the fast food restaurant. We'll do that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We said it Monday. They lost to the Pips. They didn't lose to Gladys Knight. They lost to the Pips. They lost to the backup band. They lost to Steve. Now, granted, depending on the backup band, that this is still an impressive backup band. If it's like Stevie Wonder's backup band, then yeah, it's awesome. But if it's like gonna say. <laughs> Kings of Leon backup band, totally different. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, plenty of staples like coconut, cherry barcia, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. I mean, hell, if you get double chocolate, you're basically getting triple chocolate because every single one of these bars are wrapped in chocolate and they're soft and they're easy to chew. Also, the limited time flavor ones that are released, they're often my favorite. They're also soft and easy to chew, chocolate galore, and they've got a ton of protein. They've got a lot of fiber and they're low in sugar and they're low in calories. So go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off at builtbar.com. All right. So we just did the end of bench pieces. We spent a lot of time on that. Very surprised. But now we'll go to the depth pieces and there are five players listed in the depth pieces category. Brad Wanamaker down from last year is coming in on 13th uh, at 13th on I'm this surprised. roster is that high tied for uh you're right tied for 11th and you know what we'll give some luck like brad played better than i Fair. expected the hornets had to rely on him a little more than what i thought um and he was i think finishing pretty well at the rim in the the little bit that he produced for him i, I don't want to spend too much time on him but you know hey tip of the cap for some of the things he did I doesn't mean that I want to keep him long term or even short term. Yeah, no. Yeah. Bismack be you yeah. feel me on that. All right. Bismack Biombo, Caleb Martin, they come in tied at eleven. They're ranked two point seven seven. Still depth pieces. Um Caleb a little bit up from last season. And Bismack basically the exact same rating as he got <laughs> heading into the year. Um 
But Caleb moved up a tiny bit. Still, the percentages are bad. We've talked about going fully Martinized, just as if, just like the Martin twins in general, Cody Martin, just a tick above Caleb in the rankings, 292. That's actually a little bit down from what he was heading into the season, uh, ranked by NBA math. But Jalen McDaniels, not a, he jumped up. Um, a full point and a quarter from what he was ranked coming into the season at 325. And he's just basically a quarter of a point away from being in this high end backup category. And so as we're not focusing so much on the exact ranking, we're kind of focusing on the category that they're in. Um, Jalen McDaniels being a depth piece flirting with that high end backup. I, I really like Jalen. What do you think about all of the rankings that we just had with those? Depth that, was, pieces? that was one of the more interesting ones, because again, Jalen McDaniels, he did deserve more time, but it was one of those parts where you felt good about him, but he just had the turnovers. And the the funny thing about because we'll start I'll start from the top down with at least McDaniel's. McDaniel's being the piece that he was is really really dope. I can't help but think if he didn't turn the ball over a little bit, if he turned the ball over a little bit less, was a little bit more. Like, because the, the my favorite running joke about him was he played like he was on a 10-day. The minute he stopped playing like he was on a 10-day and he became a decent starter, he was really, really good at what he did. The problem became just the turnovers and the, I don't know when I'm going to get my next shot and everything else like that. If he's comfortable with him and plays within himself, he is going to be one of those guys that you can see make another jump. Like... This the the sky's the li- I'm not gonna say the sky's the limit because I don't think he's ever gonna be a star, but do I see him being one of those guys that you can end up paying 15 million dollars a year to? Yeah, I do because he's big, he defends, and he hits threes. Those guys tend to get paid a lot of money, and then on top of that, <coughs> on top of that, the high end like like when we start talking about depth pieces, Biz being where he was at the beginning of the year. Still kind of a surprise, a little bit of an upset. The Martin twins, basically nothing really changed between either one of them, and they're essentially interchangeable depending what the math tells you. And then Brad Wanamaker, enough said. I'm surprised he didn't go lower, but he had his one or two games that were halfway decent. Yeah, I really like Jalen. Uh, that's that's no different than what I've talked about even during the regular season, but you look at his numbers, his field goal percentage was at about 47%. His three-point percentage down a little on basically the same amount of attempts at two, but I think his shooting is fine. It's just he got inconsistent minutes. Um, he played in a lot of games this mm-hmm. year, though. You know, He played in 47, um, not as much as I thought he should have, but he still played in a decent amount of games. I think it's pretty clear of the second round picks not named Devonte Graham. He's the guy you feel best. Yeah, about. Uh, it, the Martin twins. Cody was probably ahead um, in a lot of people's eyes. I, I always thought Jalen probably had a little bit more potential, but I liked Cody enough for what he did to, you know, give him another chance this year. But Jalen to me has clearly passed by by a decent margin. What Cody is, I, I really like the the ability that Jalen McDaniels possesses, and he goes in the depth piece just a little bit away from the high-end backup. Only two players in the high-end backup role here, Nada, as listed by NBA Math. It's Cody Zeller, who is actually half a point down from what he performed last year, according to NBA Math, and Malik Monk is almost a full point up from where he performed heading into the season. What do you think about Cody Zeller and Malik Monk being high-end backups? Is that the right place for them to be? High-end backups, 
I feel like that's the right right place. I don't think Malik is ever going to be a solid starter in this league, and that's okay. There are undersized, undersized guards that make their way, make their bones. Being a solid bench piece, go see Lou Williams. Um, I really do, and I'm sorry, and Jason Terry. So there is a lane for Malik Monk to make it in, and I, I think it's a fairly accurate, it's a fairly accurate slot, and honestly, I'm kind of happy with that right now. Like, if those two guys are guys that you can feel good about at your seven, eight spots, because typically NBA teams go about eight deep, especially when they're really, really good. If they're your seven and eight on your team, you're feeling pretty good. I would, I, I would probably say, right? You'd feel, you feel pretty good about those two. So, for sure, uh, yeah. So uh, sure. at that, at this point, I am, I'm happy with this. Uh, again, I don't have, a, I don't have a single argument with this, which is kind of surprising at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think Cody Zeller flirts with that low end, high end area and, and can even be solid, right? Yeah. I, I think Cody Zeller is, you know, can be a solid starter for sure. I, you know, my thoughts on Cody. I think he's absolutely fine. I would be more than fine having him on the roster, especially with what I expect him to get paid next season. It's just that we think he's probably going to go given what James Brago opinion, uh, James Brago's opinion is of him, as well as what Cody stated in the exit interview. And it's funny, his high end backup mate in this category, Malik Monk also said very similar things in his exit interview. I think Malik probably even last year would have been low end starter. And I think the potential for him is even higher than that. Um, but, but the fact that he jumped almost a full point in these rankings, I think it demonstrates that, yeah, this is a guy that is trending in the right direction at such a young age. Still, let's try to get to low end starters before we take a break and then come back. We'll try to finish this up low end starters. It was PJ Washington. He comes in at basically no change. Not yeah. a, he was a five coming into the season and he's a five right here. Um, Devonte Graham actually goes down almost three quarters of a point still in the low end starter category. He was actually a solid starter coming into the season as listed by NBA math. So he drops a category miles bridges, almost a full point up eight tenths of a point. He moves up and he's very close to having been moved to the solid starter role, but he still is in the low end starter category. So the low end starters include PJ Washington ranked sixth on this list. Devonte Graham at fifth on this list miles bridges at fourth on this list what are your quarrels what are your agreements with this category you know the, the the first observation i have is remember how everybody was like yelling about pj and everything else and oh he's regressed he's done this he's done that look at the math the math says he hasn't the math says he's exactly the same guy that he was before all this that's the crazy part to this we're talking about a guy that basically was the same all again steady eddie consistent did not change, and everybody complained. And that's despite losing probably his biggest development time from year one to year two because of COVID. That tells me that the, the that spot tells me that you know what this guy may be in for a big big year next year, and it's going to be the reason why I'm ne I'm not going to be one of those that say sell high on PJ Washington because there's probably a higher ceiling and you're going to be looking pretty, pretty dumb. So unless you're trading him for something that's going to be like legitimately great, then I don't understand trading him right now. Devonte going down is probably the biggest, the like biggest thing that I notice. And granted the finishing around the rim wasn't as good as it was. 
And then you also have everything with like his injuries and everything else like that. But for Devontae Graham to be what he is and still, again, sincerely be what he was and still end up being a low end starter and having all the issues, that's a guy that you probably want to keep. Like the numbers and the math and everything else like that is essentially showing you this roster breakdown. Um, Miles, though, and Miles, I think, is the probably the biggest one for me, is that he became a he he was literally a percent couple of percentage points away off of essentially half of a season's work. Imagine if he had started putting this together at the beginning of the season. Who knows where he is? And he would probably be among the solid starters, two high-end starters, because that's how good he was over the season. So there's nothing for me to argue with. It's just a lot of positivity. And if you're noticing, I would look again, you're starting to notice that a lot more guys, a lot of the Mitch Cup check guys are starting to show numbers and everything else, and they're starting to pan out as being solid picks, despite only having one, like only having one guy that you drafted within the top three in the last three or four years. So that should make Hornets fans feel really good. All right. I'll give you my opinion on the low end starters coming up after the break. You got to stick around for the third segment and then we'll move into the solid starters and the high end starters. That's coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. This is locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless like I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I don't, the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, we're going to go back over the low end starters. PJ Washington at six, Devonte Graham at five, Miles Bridges at four. So with PJ, I think you see him not change even defensively. He improved quite a bit, but offensively the three point shot pretty much remained the same inconsistently. Um, but still the percentages were very much the same. It's the two point percentages that did him in more. So not finishing nearly as well at the rim. That's something that he needs to do better at, especially if more small ball five is in his future and just overall being a better basketball player, right? Trying to improve. It's the two point percentages. It's the finishing at the rim. That's something I expected to fix itself. And and it never really did. He would have his stretches where I thought, all right, now he's figured it out. He's automatic. He's good to go. And then eventually he'd kind of revert back to not finishing as well as I wanted. Either way, I think you had different skill sets balance each other out um, to the point where maybe you don't move on this NBA math meter. Devontae Graham goes down three quarters of a point. It's, you know, he shot a similar percentage last year from three. Uh, the cold stretches are, are damn cold from Devontae. We know how that is. He's never going to be somebody, at least based on the first three years in the league, that shoots very well inside the three-point arc. It's It's just bad at this point but the assist to turnover ratio is very, very good. And that's something that's really valuable. So Devonte still a guy that it deserves to get mm-hmm. a decent amount of money. Will it come from the Charlotte Hornets? I do think so, but I, I still think Devonte is solid enough. Certainly offensively, he's low end here. 
Um, and he'll probably be off of the bench after Terry and LaMelo, especially if both of them are on the team, as I expect next season. But still, I think Devonte is a guy that you can solidly depend on. And then we can go to miles, eight tenths of a point increase from what he had entering the season. He's very close to being a solid starter based on where the rankings would put you in this, uh, cat in these categories. And we've talked about miles so much, the improvement that he had within a different role at the end of the season, they asked him to step up. He did crazy efficient, higher volume, even at the beginning of the year where it wasn't nearly the volume. He was still pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I, I I thought miles was, was very good last year. Let's go to the solid starters. Now, uh, not a, it's only Terry mm-hmm. Rozier, but he does. He moves up a full point. So he comes in over a full point uh, moving up. He's the third ranked player on this roster. And, uh, he's, he's solidly in that solid starter list. So, I mean, Terry Rogier, we talk about the two point percentages kind of hurting PJ Washington, hurting Devonte Graham. It really yes, helped Terry Rogier improve this oh year, a, a, a drastic, a drastic improvement for what Terry did still with the high volume shooting beyond the three point line. Um, I, I still think defensively, he's not very good. I still think decision-making in the pick and roll is hit or miss. It, it's the guy I trust least making those yes. decisions based on the pick and roll out of anybody in the backcourt. But when you shoot that well, when you're a go-to scorer like he is, I understand why defensively he's got to clean up a lot. I hate it when he lets guys drive by him almost on purpose and then try to swat at it from behind often doesn't get it. It drives me mad when he mm-hmm. does that. I, I do think the shot selection overall did get better. And, and when you put up efficiency numbers like that, I can understand why on this kind of list, you would move up in the solid starter role and the Hornets really relied on him offensively for a long, uh, for a large portion of the season um, before he kind of got gassed. Yeah, out I, absolutely. End. I get that. And the crazy part to this is this may be the one where I do quibble because I think he was a high end starter for a decent portion of this year. I do think that how he finished the season will ultimately is what ultimately got held against him, and I completely understand. However, this is one of those things where I really do think that the math doesn't partake for fatigue and injury and everything else. And at the same time, I hear it in my head, and I hear some of y'all saying, if you're going to be very, very pleased with the Miles Bridges and how he stepped up, we also have to hold what Terry... Terry did down the stretch against him as well. So I get it. I understand. I would, uh, but for me, I would have put him in the high end starters, but the math didn't bear that out. The high end starters include two players. It includes LaMelo ball and it includes Gordon Hayward last year. The Charlotte Hornets had zero high end starters on their roster this year. They have two with two new acquisitions in LaMelo and Gordon. I believe they only had one solid starter heading into the year, and that was Devontae Graham. Now, Gordon Hayward was on that list when their final rosters yes. were made. But as far as anybody that performed the previous season, Devontae Graham was actually the only solid starter on this roster. So you've got a lot of guys moving up is my point here, Nada. And and now you have two players that are, you know, just one category away from being an all-star candidate. I think Gordon Hayward certainly at the all-star selection process had as good of a resume as many other guys that were considered to be in the all-star selection process. LaMelo ball, not so much, but we all love LaMelo and what he did. LaMelo is the second ranked player on this roster. Gordon Hayward is the first ranked player on this roster. Two new high end starters. What do you think about the top two players on this roster? I get it. 
I don't think Gordon Hayward played enough games to be the number one starter, but I do get it. Well, I mean, you got to rank every like. I, I mean, as it, you, the, the the selection process here is just basically you know how yeah. they performed when they did it, right? And so like. He, we both agree that he is the best player on this team. Yeah, still. yeah, he is the best player on this team. I do understand that. I like, I get it. I don't have to like it, but I get it. I really do believe that he was he was the most consistent. He was the most consistent guy, even when he had inconsistent night shooting. He would find other ways to contribute, and he didn't get killed on the defensive end, which matters a lot, especially when you consider every damn near everybody else did. So I get it. I absolutely get it. LaMelo being number two is probably the hardest one because there are going to be people that said, imagine if he started all year. Yeah, I get it. LaMelo being solid number two high-end starter and probably having the most upside on any, of anyone on this roster, obviously, is cause to be super excited about this team. And if one or two guys take a jump with him plus a couple of decent additions – this team is going to be dangerous, and this team we can start saying, hey, maybe they can lock in a full-blown playing spot, maybe even get as high as four or five if they do it right. Like, there's a whole lot of that to this. There's a whole lot of just hope to this roster, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier, like like what you were saying earlier, quite honestly. There was one guy that was a solid starter. That was Devontae Graham. Everybody else was maybes and this and that. And then you got growth out of PJ. No, I'm sorry. You got stag semi-stagnation out of PJ. Devontae Graham being what he was and going down. And if you told me, if you had started the season saying, efficiency-wise, Devontae would take a massive step back. And yet, at the same time, the team would be, be in the playing situation. One, you'd have taken it. You would have also said Gordon Hayward would only play 40-something games. And despite that, they'd still be competitive for damn near the entire season. Like the end of, at the end of the day, this roster is vastly better than where we expected to start the season. And for well, and and I think that's the point when you talk about the improvement. Yeah. I mean, look at some of these jumps. Jalen McDaniel's, who is the ninth player rated on this roster, he jumps up a point in a quarter. I believe that's the second biggest mm -hmm. increase. You had Malik Monk jump all the way nine tenths of a point, almost a full point. That was his kind of jump. Miles Bridges, he jumps eight tenths of a point. Terry Rozier, he jumps more than a full point. Lamelo Ball, coming into the season, was ranked over two points worse, but because the guy was rookie of the year, here he is at a 6.69, a 2.13 increase on this. And so like, there's just so many guys that took massive leaps based on maybe the mathematical expectations based on this criteria to how they actually performed. And so what's good about you too, Nada, is the fact that you tweet out a tease of what we're going to be discussing today. Doug Branson, OG, he writes in, Ball might be a mathematical high-end starter, but if he raises his game even slightly next season, he'll be an all-star selection. And so Adam Frommel, who frames this article, he says, fully agree. These are framed to capture this exact moment in time. I'd expect the 2021-22 preseason edition, which is predictive, to feature a sizable leap for him. So LaMelo could be an all-star candidate heading into next year, and that'll be fascinating to see. Basically just 
I guess a few months out, right? Before the next season exactly. starts, we'll, we'll get to this article, the, the predictive edition, and we could see even this uh, shaken up a little more. But yeah, I have no problem with either of these guys being the high-end starters, especially if it's predictive. I expect Gordon Hayward to basically remain the same. He'll be in that same category. I might expect LaMelo to take that jump unless there is this massive sophomore slump, but I, I can't imagine that's going to be predicted. And then we'll see about the other players, but um, good stuff from NBA math. It's always fun to check these guys out. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, tweet this podcast out. We'll put it on here in just a moment out there for everybody to be able to access and very cool stuff from again, uh, Dan Favalli and Adam Frommel. It's the Locked on Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We appreciate your support um, every single day. Also, thanks to BuiltBar.com and we also appreciate RockAuto.com, all of the sponsors that have always helped us out here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Make sure you go check out uh, Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan and tell your smart device to play the most recent episode on the podcast network. Have a great weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday.